special episode for you today. We have two pictures of creatures with backstories. And make sure you stick around to the end of the video for a preview of the latest release on Dread Captures. If you like seeing crazy things captured on trail cams, then check out that channel. The links are below. But before we get to the stories, if you're digging my content, then hit that subscribe button. Now let's get to the stories. Hi Donovan. First let me say, I love your show. I've had an encounter that really has me puzzled to say the least. This happened when I was hiking near Olympic National Park. It was a Sunday morning and the day looked like it was going to be beautiful. I'm about 20 minutes into my hike and then something catches my attention out of the corner of my eye. It was an unusual creature with these short legs that I had never seen before. It was standing about 40 feet into the woods. At first I thought it was a bear or some other animal, but as I got closer, I noticed that this creature had a bright reddish-brown fur. It had long arms and this humanoid face. It wasn't until later that I realized it might be some type of Sasquatch, but I don't understand why it was so low to the ground. I'm not really sure. I was scared, but also intrigued. I wanted to find out more about it. As I approached, it turned and quickly ran into the woods. I followed it for a few minutes, hoping to catch up with it, but I eventually lost sight as it disappeared into the trees. I don't know why I followed it. I just had this feeling like it wasn't dangerous. I don't know exactly what this creature was, but it looked kind of like a Sasquatch. All I can say is, whatever it was, its presence left me feeling a bit unnerved and curious at the same time. This is the craziest thing that I've ever seen. I live near Lake Superior in Wisconsin. I was out fishing as usual when I stumbled upon a very large animal that didn't look like anything I'd ever seen before. It was walking on the land and had these large teeth protruding from its mouth. It seemed to be hunting for something in the water. I quickly reeled in my line and made sure not to get too close. As I watched this creature from afar, I began to realize that it must have been some type of ancient creature from millions of years ago. Suddenly, this creature disappeared into the lake, never to be seen again. This thing was probably about 8 feet long. It had this bluish-gray scaly skin, almost like a cross between a lizard and a fish, and an almost human-like face, and these massive teeth. I've seen fish before on Animal Planet, that have a human-like face, and that's kind of what it looked like. Anyways, I've been back to my same fishing spot several times since, but I never saw that creature again. No one wants to be the person with a stick. Working in animal control, just showing up with a pole, makes you the enemy of the very animals you're there to help. When a wild animal becomes a danger to itself or to a community, someone has to do the job. There's the responder who tracks the animal, the one who tries to calm it down, and then there's me. I'm the one with the stick, and I hate using it. You know the one, don't you? The pole with the noose-like collar hanging from one end. Did you know that they come in different sizes? There are small ones for kittens and puppies, and larger ones for raccoons and opossums. Larger ones yet for dogs and deer. 
If the animal's got a knack, we've got a noose that will fit. Pretty morbid, huh? You can see why I didn't like my job at the time. As far as the animals were concerned, I was the hangman. I never hurt them, of course. I never lost any wildlife on the job. That was never enough to change how I felt. On the day that this story takes place, we were responding to a call about feral cats. Feral was the word the caller used to describe them. That wasn't our word. All we knew was that an abandoned house in a poor neighborhood had been overrun by strays. The cats were starting to terrorize the neighborhood, looting garbage bins and cornering small pets and children. Something had to be done. We knew right away that the job wasn't going to be easy. The cats weren't going to come calmly with their paws up. They were going to need the noose. That day may have been the first time I was actually thankful to be the person holding the other end of that instrument. We took a look at the house before going in. The foundation was weak, crumbling and cracking, even on the outside of the home. The porch roof was slanted and sagging. We had walked through worse. After reviewing our safety precautions, we thought nothing of it. We weren't going to let an old building stop us from doing our jobs. Caroline went in first, speaking in the soft voice that I'd seen tame a dozen stray dogs. Max was behind her with a metal cage under his arm. That left me in the back, pole slung over my shoulder, and sorry written on my face. I didn't want to take all those cats back to the shelter. I knew the majority of them would be euthanized. If we'd arrived sooner, maybe that wouldn't have been the case. As it stood, the time it took us to respond to the call was too great. A different fate had already befell the cats. There were immediate signs of a fight, tufts of fur, and small spatters of blood. Caroline spotted a claw laying on the floor, torn from its place on a cat's paw. It didn't seem like the cats had been killed. There had been a fight and they had abandoned the house. It made sense. Then something moved in the building. The sound of wood dragging across floorboards. And then a heavy thud. We asked if anyone else was inside. There was no answer. Max stayed in the first area to search for any cats that had stayed behind. Caroline and I went to investigate the sound. We found the entrance to the basement. The door was left open. Wide scratch marks lined the tile leading to the staircase. Caroline reminded me to have my pole ready. I didn't think to remind her that I was carrying the stick size for cats. I followed her into the basement. We never had a hope of capturing the thing that made those scratches. The basement reeked of dust and urine. It was pungent enough to make me gag even before I reached the bottom stair. Caroline was made of tougher stuff than me. Her eyes were alert looking for whatever animal we'd accidentally come to rescue. When I saw those eyes go wide, I knew we'd stumbled into something dangerous. She turned suddenly and ran by me, taking the stairs two at a time, just to put some distance between herself and the basement. I wasn't smart enough to follow. Instead, I looked. I looked and saw the creature that had scratched the floor. I saw the creature that had chased the cats from their den. It was the size of a shepherd much too large for the small pole in my hands. It was hunched over a mound of rancid meat, rodents and squirrels and whatever else the cats had caught. Its knees bent and its shoulders slouched much like those of a man. If the lighting had been any worse, maybe I would have mistaken the creature for a squatter. Maybe I would have called the police instead of fleeing like my friend. The basement was well lit. 
There was no mistaking that bizarre nature of that thing huddled in the corner. Humanoid in shape, but covered in scales. Think scales like an alligator. Its teeth were long and pointed. Its eyes blinked with two sets of eyelids. And when it blinked, it saw me. It lunged. I barely had time to raise the tool in my hands. I aimed the stick for the creature's chest, stabbing it down as if I'd carried a lance and not a noose. I saw blood. It fell, surprised either by my reflexes or by my reach, and I hit those stairs even faster than Caroline had before me. I slammed the basement door shut and headed for the car where my friends were waiting. Caroline wouldn't speak of it. I told Max what I saw. He didn't believe me. His skepticism was earned when the police arrived. The next time someone entered that basement, the creature was gone. Caroline still calls me sometimes, asking if what we saw was real. I don't need that same reassurance. I don't need you to explain what this thing was, Donovan, because I know it was really there. That's all that matters to me. I still have the stick that I carried that day. The end of it is still stained with that creature's blood. Hey there, I'm a big fan of your channel, and I have a story I feel you'd definitely be interested in. It's my favorite to tell at campfires and sleepovers and things, but even though it sounds like any old dumb ghost story, it's true. It really happened, even if no one I tell it to thinks so. When I was little, my family and I moved around quite a bit. My dad worked in construction, so we kind of adjusted based on whatever job site he was assigned to at the time. When this story took place, I was around 11. Young, but definitely cognizant, you know? I knew what was normal and what wasn't. We moved into this little apartment building, a little ways outside of Chicago. And, if nothing else, the place was definitely run down. I didn't mind, really, because I was a kid. But it was annoying to hear my folks arguing all the time. Since I was an only child, I had to get sort of creative when it came time to play. I came up with these intricate stories with my dolls and found this little crawl space attached to my room to play in when I wanted to feel hidden. So, about that crawl space, as I said, I kept a lot of my stuff in there, so I usually left the door open. It would get stuck sometimes, and Lord knows I didn't want to accidentally trap myself in a tight space. After we lived there for a few weeks, I began to vaguely notice things in my room would be out of place. My dolls would be in totally different spots. My bed would be unmade, even if I was sure I made it. My books would be open, even if I hadn't touched them in a while. At the time, I assumed that it was due to my parents, my mom coming in to clean things up and moving all my stuff around in the process. But the thing was, my parents started commenting about it too. There was this one day, for instance, when my dad had to stay at work a little later than usual and I was home alone for a few hours after school. This happened every once in a while, and really wasn't out of the ordinary. Like normal, I hung out in my room, playing with my stuff. The next thing I knew, my dad comes home screaming at me to come downstairs. Turns out, and I kid you not, our dishwasher was open, and there were plates, cups, utensils everywhere. At least half the load was thrown all around the room, all scattered. My dad, he thought I did it. In fact, he was sure, and he was pissed. Obviously, though, I wouldn't have done that. He had to spend nearly the entire rest of the night, 
picking up pieces of broken glass from the floor. I felt awful. Anyway, a few days later this happened. Stuff gets even weirder somehow. My mom wakes up with these massive bruises on her arms, like some serious scary movie activity. My dad is freaking out because not only is she all bruised up, but more and more random objects around the house start going missing, including his work laptop. So then, this one day, my dad kind of has a freak out. I remember sitting in my room just minding my own business, when all of a sudden, my dad swung open the door and just barged in. He didn't say anything to me, or yell really, but he was tearing my room apart. Eventually, after the fact, I hurtfully realized that it was because he seriously thought I had stolen this stuff and hid it somewhere in my room. He keeps throwing stuff around, looking, and then the crawl space kind of catches his eye. This is where the freakiest stuff happened. As soon as my dad starts to walk up towards the crawl space to check out what's inside, the door slams open. Let me be clear, there is no draft in my room. I had some tiny windows that I always kept shut because there weren't screens and bugs freaked me out. So, in no way was there any kind of natural rhyme or reason for why my door randomly snapped closed the way it did. This didn't just scare the crap out of me, either. My dad damn near screamed like a little girl. So we both kind of sit there in silence for a second, absorbing the situation. Then, my dad decides enough is enough. He walks over to the crawlspace door and starts tugging at it anyway. Watching all this happen from my bed, it was interesting, like I had a bird's eye view of what was happening. That's how I saw what was about to happen next, without even trying. I watched him tugging at the door, yeah, but then my bookshelf that's faced towards him and the crawl space starts going crazy, like there's an earthquake or something. A book flies off, just one, and that's enough to make me scream bloody murder. My dad, luckily quick, noticed me yelling and noticed the bookshelf in enough time to jump the hell out of the way. Good thing he did, too, since directly afterwards, all of the contents of the shelf began to fall with a large wooden structure. So my dad reassesses the situation. Obviously, I didn't do that. And obviously, that wasn't natural. And he later apologized pretty profusely about the whole thing, without ever being specific as to what he meant. I'm sorry I was acting strange. And, I didn't mean to blame you for what was going on. He never directly used the word ghost, you know? But they say kids sense these things. I was a kid, and I definitely sensed something or other. We ended up moving out of that place about a month after the bookshelf incident. For that last month, things kept being strange. But nothing as violent as that happened. Since then, I haven't felt or seen anything like it. So I wonder what everyone thinks of this entire situation. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dread Captures. In today's video, we'll be looking at some very brave animals and unlikely friendships. We have a real witch caught on camera, the potential home of Bigfoot, and a headless apparition caught on camera. Let's get into the stories. In the light of day, it's a fact that big cats are always on the lookout for prey. Unless they only act like enemies for the camera. Either way, check these two out after the hard day's work of acting is finished. 
The trail cam video shows a cougar and a deer walking together calmly in the woods rather than running or chasing one another. The deer is actually following the cat. It's incredible. I'd love to know if you guys have seen anything like this. And on another note, the submission said that this was a bobcat, but to me it looks like a cougar, mountain lion. The tail seems much thicker than a bobcat's. Anyhow, I'd love to know your thoughts on the video and the actual cat in the video. And either way, it looks like the joke's on us. Thanks for watching and let me know what you think of these stories in the comments below. Don't forget that you can listen to my episodes on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I try to upload every single day on this channel and on Donovan Dread 2, where I release shorter content. Same great encounters, just a little bit shorter. Also, if you want to see crazy encounters captured on trail cams, then check out Dread Captures. It's part of the Dread Network, where we go over live footage of very strange encounters that are sent into the Facebook group or videos that are circulating on the web. Last but certainly not least, check out Lilith Dread. She releases the same great content daily on her channel. You'll find all of these links below. Thanks and take care.